Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's Sean Dickinson. Takes the three. It's up and no good. Rebounds. DiVincenzo, ball game over. What a huge win for the Golden State Warriors. Final score, Warriors 120, Cavaliers 114. The Warriors will head home with a winning road trip, winning three of the five, and they did it tonight. Stephen Curry with a big hug of Jordan Poole from behind, gets another one from Draymond Green. No Draymond, no Steph, no Clay, no Wiggins, no Andre, no problem for Golden State. And they get the victory. How about that? How about that? I didn't see that one coming, J.D. Nor did I, as we welcome you into Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. And, yeah, the Warriors back home and coming off a winning trip, 3-2 and in the trip. They were 3-16 and on the road going into the trip. It looked like an awful situation, frankly, as they were able to competitively drop the game in Boston on Thursday night. But then the news comes out as it was expected on Friday that the Warriors were going to rest Steph and Clay, along with Draymond and, and Andrew Wiggins. But the Warriors, led by Jordan Poole and the bench, they they go in, they get one back, I think is probably the best way to put it. Uh, I Some similarities between that game and I think the game that the Warriors played before the trip at home against Phoenix, Absolutely. where they were healthy mm-hmm. and the Suns had Mikel Bridges and the 8-15 to on their roster, and they got the Warriors down 27 and ultimately hung on for a victory. Uh, basically, I guess those two cancel each other out. Maybe you, you stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to make that exact point, but I do think last night, I know, um, coach of the Cavs, JB Bickerstaff said, you got to respect the other team. And we just gave him a chance to, you know, tee up those open threes. I think early on there was some of that, but I, <laughs> I think at some point Cleveland, uh, they were awake and realized what was going on. But the way the Warriors shot, as anybody who saw the game knows, I mean, you go 23 of 43, <laughs> you're going to be tough to beat. The shot, the one that will always stand out in my mind, the shot Ty Jerome made in the fourth quarter. They're up four, key possession, and they got nothing going on offensively. And he's out there near the hash mark, and the shot clock's winding down. So, well, I might as well shoot it. Good! I mean, it was just that kind of night for the Warriors from three. Yeah, it, it was. And it doesn't matter who's playing for you if you make 23 threes on, yes, on most nights. Yes. And I do think there was the letdown on the Cavs side. Who cares about the Cavs? That's on them. Of And we've seen this a lot. I mean, the irony, in a sense, that the Warriors 
get their first win against a, a above 500 team on the road all season and it comes in a game where the top 4 sit out against a team obviously that's good and it just it plays into this whole load management selective competitiveness big picture thing that's that's frankly plagued the warriors at at times this season because they've been i think less than motivated in a lot of these games in other teams' buildings, going up against teams that see the champs and see Steph Curry and see Draymond Green and, and these guys coming into their building and they want to put a thumping on them. And so, you know, teams at the bottom of the barrel have been able to you know, be competitive against the Warriors, hang in some games, and then win, I think, more than the Warriors would believe is is their share in the final five or six minutes. It was the opposite last night. It, it looked like Cleveland initially, and Steve Kerr's talked about this. He mentioned it after that loss to the Suns back on the 10th of January before the Warriors headed on the road, the fact that there is a natural letdown for a team when they're facing an op- opponent that, that is missing a lot of stars, and you gotta you got to guard against that. Especially and, when they're playing, and you know they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. And, you, and guys that are going to get opportunities that, that haven't had a lot of opportunities or that are going to have enhanced roles. And often what happens in these games is they you know the, the better team allows the lesser team to get rolling, and then by the time that, that they do wake up and, and start to play, which I do think the Cavs did mid, did mid to late second quarter, mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter, and it, it was almost as if once it got to halftime and it was only a five-point game and the Warriors were feeling pretty good about it, although I'm, I was thinking, wow, they're only up five and they hit 14 threes and, and guys are going off and thinking this has the potential, even at that point, to go the other way and end up being a, another road loss for the Warriors. But the Cavs came out, I think, a little flat at the beginning of the third, almost thinking oh, that they, they had it won. Right. Like, oh, we're down five we're at the half. The they're yeah. not going to win. They're not going to hit 14 threes again. And they didn't. They hit nine, which was more than enough. But the Warriors came out smoking at the beginning of the third quarter and put them down 20. And then at that point, I thought, you know what? The Warriors are winning this freaking game. And, yes. and they were able to hang on, even though the Cavs did make a couple of runs. You can't go wrong listening to Tim Roy and Jim Barnett here at 95 7 game. That said, last night I had a chance, JD, to hear a little bit, just a little bit of the Cavs radio broadcast. And the part I heard was during that third quarter. And I, I think Austin Carr might be the analyst on, on radio. I'm not sure who the guys were. But my point is, it was like listening to a broadcast of a funeral where everybody was mad that, that the guy died. Because they were like, well, that's what happens when you're going to give them those shots. Three is more than two. They're getting threes and we're getting twos. And they were struggling to understand how it was happening. And then that was when the uh, Warriors went up 19 and you started to hear, Ooh! So they didn't know what was going on. They didn't understand how it was happening. But the load management thing, obviously it wasn't even, but it cut both ways. As far as I know, Donovan Mitchell is, is not hurt. He didn't suit up last night. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, but he I, had a groin, I think, okay. but it was more and he missed the last game. Okay. So it, but so I think they were being cautious yeah. with him. Well, hey, no need to bring him back if the Warriors are gonna right. roll out Jordan Poole right. and Ty Jerome in the backcourt. Yeah, yeah. So and that they got cut bit. both ways a little bit. Sure. No, it, and, yeah. and they got bit by it. And look, all credit to the Warriors. They came out and they competed. And and that's all you can do in that type of situation and players that are getting enhanced roles are going to want to come out and put their best foot forward and and honestly I mean this is a it's a team game and the Warriors on this trip you know there were times where they played well there were times where it looked like the the Warriors who have struggled a lot on the on the road this season but for them to 
play as competitively as they did in Boston. And and I was frustrated and and, and borderline angry at the the notion that you know the the loss against Boston was this was this great feat. And, you know, although the competitiveness is bad, like it's, stop telling me that everything's fine when you're under 500. And and look, I get it. The Celtics are a good team. That it's no guarantee because you play well or compete that you're going to beat a good team on the road. It wasn't the loss itself, but it was the notion that it, like hey, bring that effort against some other teams on the road and you may win some games to a point where you're not a game under 500 going into that one. So I was I was a little put off by the tone of hey, everything's fine because there's been a lot of everything's fine, but right when the Warriors have a chance to push forward and and release themselves from the glut of mediocrity in the Western Conference from from really the 5 seed to about the 13 seed to this point in, in the season, they haven't been able to do it for whatever reason. So to see the the bench players be able to come in and and play their asses off frankly against Cleveland that that and in getting a win okay now now you can go back and 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 applaud the Boston effort a little bit more because you at least split those two games yeah and you can say okay overall pretty good road trip as i said last week JD nobody puts a happy face on a loss like the Warriors. And in part, that's because of what they went through last year, where as much as they struggled in the second half, they said, you know what? As long as we're ready to go for the playoffs, we'll be good to go. And they were, and they won a championship. So they've proven they can work their way uh, through these things. That said, they don't win last night without Jamichael Green. And I know I've been one of those people that said they're going to have to go out and get somebody. I'm sure we'll address that today. Um, uh, Anthony Slater writing this week that it doesn't look like they're going to necessarily. I still think they'd like to, but we'll see. My point is, if Jamichael Green plays the rest of the way anything like he did last night, I don't know that they need anybody else. Because in 16 minutes, he had 13 points, and he had eight rebounds, hit three of five threes. It's great to see because he's been through so much with you know, leg infection. Those things, when you get an infection like that, that's really bad uh, staph infection. It's not just painful, but there's... Yeah, it gets a little dangerous there, so bless him uh, for recovering and coming back. And him and Jerome last night, they were like all-stars against the Cavs. They were, and and the Warriors need it. And again, hat tip to them. I think the thing you always find yourself you know, asking after a game like that is how much of what the bench players were able to do, being able to play freely, translates back to a more limited role yeah. in the, in in a rotation where Steph and Clay and Draymond and Wiggins are all playing. I, I kind of look at last night and I think, well, and, and Steve Kerr even mentioned this after the game, hey, Ty Jerome had a great game. He's probably going to be inactive yeah. on Sunday night, which is the norm when Steph and Clay are playing and, and when DiVincenzo and Poole are, are coming off the bench. You don't need that fifth guard, and they're trying to protect Ty Jerome's games for other nights, probably down the line where they're going to have to Load manage exactly. again, yes, uh, and 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 try to remain as competitive as as they possibly can. Uh, you know, Jamichael Green. We'll see. He's got to be. You know, if if he can do some of the things that he did last night, I, I think the Warriors would welcome it. And he probably finds himself being the ninth man on a on a playoff roster in the rotation. Maybe it alleviates some of the concerns that the Warriors have to go out and maybe do some you know, get somebody that can do what Jamichael maybe. Green does. Yeah. More effectively, uh, I thought you know Jonathan Kaminga was back last night and and flying around and and you know being an athlete and and providing energy and I, I think they they needed that and defense that, you know yeah. that's something that that he was starting to carve out a role as far as being the eighth man after Poole and Divincenzo off the bench. I mean beyond that, uh, you know you know Divincenzo is going to be playing. Anthony Lamb's kind of been doing his thing, uh, and and you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Kevon Looney. I mentioned this on Twitter. 
it, just the respect level that you have for a guy like Kevon Looney when just over two nights, it's basically, hey, Kevon, you're going to come off the bench, and 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 I characterize it as, you know, just from a human standpoint, like if, if you're playing on the – like the, the game in Boston has got to be the one of the most fun games on the schedule – and and to be like, hey, you know what, Kavanya, you're gonna play, but you're not gonna start, and like that that's gotta be a little bit of a. And he's a pro, and and he handles it with the utmost of class, and he gets it there, and he and he plays his tail off. But just the 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 night to night of Kavanya, you're not gonna start in the biggest game on the schedule with 2.5 million people watching and Boston going crazy, and it's where we won the title seven months ago, and all of that. You're not gonna start, but you know what, the next night. Help hold up the back end of the roster, right, right? And in Cleveland with none of the stars, and and he just does it, and he, he is a leader and a tone setter, and so just even before, regardless of the outcome last night for the Warriors, I, I just you know, hat tip to Kevon Looney for for the just utmost in professionalism that that he puts out there on a night in night out basis. Amen. Yeah, and one of the reasons he can do that, to your point, is because you can do that with him because you know that he will do it and he'll perform. And he'll say, yeah, you know, I know if you're a Warrior Center, at some point you're going to get benched. Um, Jordan Poole last night had another incredible game, and he's he's so valuable to this team. I've been very critical of him, and I will continue to be if he continues to turn the ball over and make bad plays. Like, he made one last night, but he's so important because, as we said, you've got this team where you know certain nights you're going to be managing the load of your veterans, and you need a guy like Jordan Poole who, when you don't have Steph, and sometimes you don't have Steph or Clay, you know that, all right, he can get his 30 or more. Uh, last night he had 32 points, but I want to applaud Steve Kerr for a coaching moment. I'm a little surprised this was somewhat controversial, where towards the end of the game and the Warriors are trying to hang on to a lead, and you know they've had a problem with that this year on the road, hanging on to leads, and Jordan Poole is called for a push-off, I think, that he didn't agree with. Yeah, an offensive yeah, foul. Yeah, yeah. And so he doesn't give the official the ball because, like, no, I want to talk about it. And he gets a, a delay-a-game technical. And Steve Kerr says, Jordan, lock the F in! And, like, that's coaching. And that was definitely the moment for that. And it's amazing that Steve Kerr had to defend that, which he did. He said, I'm going to continue to be hard on him. But that's just kind of the Jordan Poole experience. They don't win that game without him last night. But he made another one of those, what are you doing moments, and Steve Kerr snapped him back to reality. Well, and I think it's it's also about picking your spots with a guy like Jordan Poole. I think there, you, you don't want to do it in a situation where he's the lead guy and and you need him and he's having a really good game, but he turns it over one or two times down. It, 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 like, right. I, I feel like the right. fans were, oh, Jordan, you cost us this game or that game. And like that's not the time that you do it. Right. You know, the, the time that you do it is the time that Steve Kerr chose to do it last yes. night. Yes, yes. Where it's just a matter of him – you needed to have some composure and just keeping the ball from the official so you can talk about it because you're unhappy. Definitely, well, definitely not. And the, the not rat the on the ta- the rat on the table as far as that goes, and I think why it becomes a good moment for Steve Kerr to make the point with Jordan Poole is officials don't like him. Like let like let's just be honest. The officials don't like him, and and I think at times maybe they don't give him some calls that that he should get because they don't like him. Why do they not like him? Because he's always kind of yapping, chirping. Yeah. And I think he does it in a way that... Like when he was called for that offensive foul on the baseline when he was, uh, Levert was trying to foul him. Exactly. And they called the foul on Poole. And, and so I, I think, you know, at that point, that is a good teachable moment in that, hey, you got you can't you can't be doing this, like, constantly with the officials, especially if you're going to be a player that we're going to count on being on the floor in big moments and being on the floor in big moments in playoff yeah. games because, 
there is a human element to it. And you can't win that battle. And not only are you going to lose, we're going to lose. And I, I do think, I do think, and again, fair or unfair, just being bluntly honest about it, I, I do think a lot of officials in the league, who, who are you? Like I, I think like like it's one thing if a superstar player were coming at them with that kind of energy, believing that they deserved calls here or there. Jordan Poole, like, come on, mm-hmm. and there is kind of a passive aggressive way to it, which I I think could I be think a little right. bit could be a little bit more grading uh, to to the officials. Look, you want to get the calls right, and that's the most important thing. But I I'm I'm with you as far as Steve Kerr picking that moment to to be like you gotta you gotta what was yeah. it you gotta bleep and lock in yeah. Lock the bleep in. Lock the bleep in. Lock the bleep in today to Warriors This Week with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Yeah, we're locked the bleep in. (laughs) 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. As always, the phone lines are open. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open. We're also live on YouTube and Twitch here on a Saturday on on 95.7 The Game. We appreciate the help of uh, our guy Craig Valentino for getting Mm -hmm. all that set up as he does here for 95-7 the game and uh, the Warriors they win last night to me it it changes the whole tone of the the whole road trip and look 23 and 23 is still not it's still not where the Warriors want to be but they and they still are in this glut of I call it the glut of mediocrity uh in in the Western Conference so opportunities to move up and down but at some point that win over the Wizards looks big all of a sudden. Well, they all are <laughs> yeah. at this point because you just – and I think this road trip shows you that you just don't totally know what you can count on. You know you can count on an effort, on a major league effort from the Warriors when they're playing a team that is considered a rival. <laughs> you know if they're playing yeah. Memphis or Boston, uh, they're, they're going to bring it. You don't really know if they're going to bring it. And, they, and they, they didn't really bring it in Chicago and Washington. They brought it in Washington – once it became clear that they might lose two in a row after having and a bad... And once somebody got under Draymond's skin a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and so they're, they're still searching for this motivation. And, and it's clear the motivation isn't just being the four seed or being the six seed. Like, it's just... Like, that may become motivation for them, but it's not going to... It's just not going to be motivation for them in January. It might become motivation for them in March... Or with 10, 15, 20 games to go, but it's not going to be with 35 to 40 games to go. And I think, you know, that's navigating the next 15 to 20 games, I think, is important because that it is still going to be the early season motivation. And I think this road trip kind of proves that. But how do you win enough to stay afloat enough to where once you do actually care about the seeding, if that's going to be mid to late March? you still are in a position to reel off enough wins in a row to where you can make a significant impact. And there's already somebody coming down my road in the text line. Really? Hey, J.D., J.D., stop. They're not going to be one of the the top two seeds. Uh, It it doesn't matter beyond that. The hell it doesn't. The hell it doesn't matter beyond that. You do not want to be in the play-in tournament and and think you're going to run the table as a seven or an eight seed. You want to be playing an elimination game? Uh, you know, right out of the shoot, or, or a couple of elimination games right out of the shoot. Uh, you know, no, I don't necessarily think the Warriors are in danger of falling out of the top ten unless they have another injury. Because, and that's the other thing where you know playing this game of not winning enough for your effort on a night in night out basis sets you up to where well, what if Steph has to miss another two weeks again, and and you can't go six and five as the Warriors did expending a ton of energy around the the Christmas and and New Year's holiday to to earn those wins. You could wind up – Phoenix was entrenched 
as oh, yeah. the third seed. Yes. Like, they were the third seed. And and you know they were going to be right around there. And they lost four-fifths of their starting lineup for a stretch and haven't had Booker in a month. And Chris Paul may be kind of washed. and He's in and out. And then they lost Payne. They, lost, they basically lost Aiton was out for a couple of, They basically lost everybody for about a month. And I think they're, I don't know, 2-12 and 12 or something, 2-13 and 13 or something in the last 15 games. And they went from the third seed to... <sighs> 13th, and now I think they won a couple and they're back in the 10th spot, I think, right now. But the point is, it's extremely fragile. So these regular season games do matter, and it it was why I didn't love, although I understand why the Warriors did it, the fact that they went the load management route. But when you go win a game like that, when you load manage, then... Hey, I'm I'm here for you. You you, know, you, you win the argument the at that justify point. Justify the means. I do think the Warriors. It seems that they have um, less concern. They're putting less of an emphasis on the regular season than I think any good team I've ever seen. And I understand it. And I know they've got a lot of things they're still working out. They do seem to have the sense that look, we get in there. We'd love to finish higher, but maybe we can't. If we get into the once we get into the postseason, if Steph is Steph and we have our core guys and they're healthy, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna have a shot at it. I don't know if that's true, but it's to me increasingly clear that that's the way they're looking at it. JD, well, I think it, it's a very dangerous way to approach it, it, but it's pretty clear that's how they're approaching it. This. It, it, it to me, there's even in that sense a difference between being the six seed and and let's say being seven or eight, where you have to oh, be in the play-in tournament. I, I've said four. And I don't think four is off the table. It it looks off the table if you look at how competitive the Warriors have been through the course of the first 46 games of the season. But I don't think it is off the table because I'm going to give the Warriors the benefit of the doubt that they can lock in and go on a on a 10 and two run at some point. Uh, you know, over a 12 game stretch. Yeah, you're three games out of the fourth spot and, as we speak. And if yeah. they did that right now, they they if they did that right now, they might be third at the end of at the end of that stretch. Yes, I agree. One and two are are done. Like Memphis, thirty-one and fourteen, lost last night. Denver, thirty-three and, and thirteen. They're playing for they're the top. Trying to separate a little bit. Yeah, they're playing for the top two right now. You have surprising Sacramento at what? three, twenty-six and Light eighteen. The, beam. the Pelicans are twenty-six and twenty, although they're injured. I think the Pelicans would be the third, the number three team. If they haven't a had they're a bunch struggling. of a bunch of players out, so I think their ceiling is probably higher than than their record, even though their record is twenty-six and twenty. And then beyond that, it's you know, Dallas, you start to go f- between fifth in the West, Dallas, and the Lakers, who are 13th in the West, it's a three-and-a-half game separation. So, and and again, if, just, I take the standings, it was, it's funny, I was having some people, I know we both have background in, in, in Sacramento, and I was having some fun the other night, because I think at the close of business, a couple of nights ago, maybe before the Boston game, the Warriors were sixth. And the Kings were third. Yeah, and I and I I was having some fun. Like, well, what a reward for the for the Kings having this their best year in seventeen years, and and even even probably exceeding the highest of expectations right now. Like, I, I don't think, think so. anybody had I them twenty six so. and eighteen. Hey, but your reward is you're playing the Warriors in the first round <laughs> in in a, in a seven game series. Like, you might Warriors probably win that series in four or five. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. and and so if they're if they're fully healthy. And so, you know, or the Clippers, I think, if they were healthy, boy, I mean, a three seed, huh? But the the way the standings are, I think there there are going to be in the the three through six slots, the teams that are able to avoid the the playing tournament, there are going to be 
some topsy-turvy matchups. Like, if the Kings were three and the Warriors were six, the Warriors would be the favorite if they're healthy. If, if uh, you know, there was a 4-5 a matchup that was similar, you could have, what if Phoenix is the five and, and you know, somebody like is the four or Phoenix is the six and somebody like, so the those matchups are not going to be, you know, they're, they're not going to be as they typically are in, in NBA history where the team with the higher seed is just the better team and the favorite. I do think, and I know you disagree because we we talked about this before the show. Um, I, I do think, and maybe I think this, and I'm just hoping it, I think things will normalize between now and the start of the postseason. I think we'll have a clearer idea as teams presumably get healthier. That's iffy, but as teams start to focus more on the task at hand, I think by the time the playoffs roll around, we're going to have a clearer idea of separation between some of these teams. I could be totally wrong because I know it's been <laughs> that type of year where you got, uh, uh, as an example, Utah that we all assume, oh, they're going to be tanking, and they're eighth right now, 24 and 25. I think there's a really good chance anyway that by the time the playoffs roll around, it's going to look a lot less muddled and that, what do you call it, the uh, the muddled mediocrity. I think we're going to have some of the better teams start to separate themselves, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, and we will have to see. And and you know, the flip side to that is, in the Xfinity Mobile text line, says this, and this is why all of these games matter. And I'm a little more in the in the camp of you got to try to you you know it's not just about how you're playing. It's about are you winning enough? And I agree. And, and, and again, I agree. a three and two road trip is is enough. Yes. I think. I mean, the Warriors were three and sixteen on the road, so going three and two, no matter how you do it, and and I don't care about. Oh, it could have been four and one, or this and that. But going three and two is is enough. But the the five five nine Warriors are also two or three games from being out of the playoffs. That's why it's fragile. And right. that like the Warriors, if they had oh, lost I last agree. night, I agree completely. If they had lost last night, you could say, oh, no big deal. They rested everybody. And oh, the Boston game, they were locked in. We could, like everybody knows they're going to be. Everybody knows the Warriors can still compete with Boston in a singular series. Okay, everybody knows they can compete with Memphis in a singular series. That's not the question. The question is, can they win four series, one on top of the other, potentially without home court advantage in any of them, and maybe out of the play-in tournament where you're playing an elimination game or or a, a you know a double elimination type situation uh, right off the bat, and potentially being on the road. That that's the question. If they had lost last night. 22 and 24, they would be on the outside looking in. JD, here's what gets me. And I know that they have a chance here coming back home and they have a chance here to to get things headed in the right direction. There's every chance that they're going to have a strong finish to the season. But you know, a lot of people have been saying, and I'm talking mostly about fans, some members of the media, that you know what? They're still good enough where they can flip a switch. And some people looked at the game in Boston and said, see, I told you they could. Well, they lost the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? And they had another collapse. And that's like the seventh time this year on the road they had a late collapse. So, yeah, they came back and had a nice win. They did play well against Boston. But don't tell me that was an example of how they could flip the switch because they didn't flip the switch. They lost that game. They did. And, and again, they got it back last night, so you feel a little bit better about it. But, but – while last night is an important win, last night doesn't necessarily translate to the big picture of how do the pieces fit. And and that's something I want to get into coming back. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. we got a lot to get into. Uh, converse, the conversation about the, the trade deadline coming up. Oh, and a lot yeah. of rumors this oh, week. Oh, yeah. 
and, and speculation. So we, we will get into that as far as what, what the Warriors need to do. And, you know, there was a part of me last night, Whitey, that, that thought, you know, I, I just, there, there's something to the disconnect between the core players and the rest of the roster that is even brought to the forefront just in how well the rest of the roster played without the core players. So I wanted to get into that coming back. Uh, it's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors this week, we're off and running here on a Saturday at 95.7 The Game. Great road trip. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To win three out of five against good teams with some guys out, guys coming back into the lineup. And then on top of that, I think we had a lot of bonding on this trip. Go to the White House and celebrate a championship, meet the president and the vice president, and you know, really spend a, a lot of time together. It was a great week. I'm really hoping that this is kind of the boost that we're, we've been looking for. And I think it's all set up for us. We're getting guys back. Guys are finding their rhythm and playing pretty well heading home. So it's time to go take care of business. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. We don't play like that out here. Let's go. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. All coming together. 888-957-9570. Warriors get a big win last night in Cleveland. Warriors This Week with you until 1 here this afternoon, morning and afternoon on 95.7 The Game. What do you got, Whitey? Got a little something. I got a question for you, and and if you want to, you know, Put it aside for later. I understand, but I was. I heard this morning, uh, Mitch Lawrence, who was in on one of the NBA and Sirius shows, they they were talking about on this NBA show about the Warriors sitting all these players last night. Mitch Lawrence, who I think New York Daily News, I think he worked in LA for a while. He said that for the Warriors to rest the four guys that rested last night, he said it was quote shameful. He said it is shameful for a team. To do that, I know Steve Kerr addressed it last night. Uh, I know a lot, it's a it's a hot topic. I think you and and Steiny have addressed it as you know load management is maybe the the league's biggest issue. And Steve Kerr was apologetic again last night about it. But sh- do you think it's shameful? I'd love to get your views on that. If at some point we can discuss that, I know we have a lot of things to get to today. But that's just something I've been meaning to throw out there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, shameful is strong. Yeah, I hate it. I mean, uh, and and when you lose the game in Boston, it, it's funny. It's twofold. Like when the Warriors lost in Boston, I thought to myself as I was getting ready to do the the post game show, well, none of those guys are probably going to play tomorrow in in Cleveland, and that in the moment you're thinking that that means that's probably going to be a loss. And and I am of the belief that you have to be playing at a certain level to be afforded the luxury to do that. So if you if you're ten games over five hundred, or if you're like Denver, Memphis, if you're Boston right now, you want to do that here and there, second of a back to back. Like I, I have no problem. I have less of a problem with it if you're actually an established team with a good record that se- you know in that season. I have I think it's a little more disrespectful just to the league, to the opponent, to whatever when you are under 500 and you need every win you can and you're just kind of putting your nose up at the league saying you know what we don't need this game like yeah we're fine we're under 500 we might be 12th in the west at the end of the night if we don't win we don't care big picture is more important and and look i understand it and the warriors steve was asked about it in the pregame in cleveland yesterday and and he flat out said hey we don't take record into account at all when it comes to whether we're going to make the decision, it's all about health. It's all about the big picture. Yeah, it sucks for the fans. Yeah, we might take an L here or there. But so, so I, I hate it. Uh, I, I was a, a little annoyed by it, even though I knew it was coming when it was announced that everybody was going to rest in Cleveland. But when you go out and you win, and, and this is the first time the Warriors, I think, in five games doing this had been able to win. I think they were competitive in one of the games in New Orleans. They've had some ugly games. Brooklyn was awful but when you win I mean you can't if you're able to win a few times doing it then you can't really complain about it I just think given the unique circumstances that we have with the Warriors roster this year you take last night and I think it's justifiable and I know it's a real issue for the league but players should be resting here there and last night when you have Clay's coming off you know, major surgery still I know it's been a while but he's still not ready to go back to back games Draymond has had back issues. Wiggins has had the groin strain he's still recovering from. And Steph's recovering still from a partially dislocated shoulder. That's just the reality. And you have an older roster. And you're going to be riding this older roster hard the rest of the way. And it sucks for fans in Cleveland who got those tickets whenever they got them, thinking they're going to see at least some of those guys. But I think given the unique situation the Warriors are in, I still think it's the most prudent approach for them. I do. It clay clay's in his own category. And and I'm on record as saying I, I wouldn't play Clay in the second of a back to back, maybe for the rest of his career, to to be honest. And and you know, I, I think Clay didn't like Steve Kerr saying that early in the year that that he was just not gonna play in any back to backs for, for this season. Clay's in his own category. And I think Clay has benefited from the rest. I mean, if you look at some of the games where he's played his best basketball, it's been coming off of a couple of days of rest when they've when they've given him a break and then and then they've had a break and then he's been able to come back. So I think that bodes well for getting a better clay in the playoffs than maybe you're even getting in the regular season over a six month span. He's been terrific, obviously, in January. That the numbers dictate that. I, I just look at it and and I think it's always case by case. But in this specific case, as far as as Cleveland and, and why I think it, it rubbed me a little bit more the wrong way was the fact that you know Curry had been out a month. So it's not like he'd been playing a bunch of games. And the Warriors themselves had a couple of days off, too. And I know they played Friday, 
I know they played Sunday, Monday afternoon and games. They have to play again tomorrow. And they do have to play again tomorrow, and it's an earlier start. And, and Steve Kerr referenced that as part of being, you know, being part of the factor and in, in all of that as well. But you also did have Tuesday and Wednesday off before you played Boston. So it's not like it's not like you had to you know, I mean it's just I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just and and Curry had been not playing. But I'm not sure he's fully recovered either i mean we don't know i think Fair. that's still an issue and too. conditioning and again yeah. we're talking about a shoulder versus conditioning yeah. And, yeah. and you don't want to put him in a position where maybe his conditioning isn't totally right you know right where it is so i like i i get all the reasons why they did it but i also think my biggest pet peeve in the league is the fact that there are just teams that flat out don't care about winning that night's game and and i, and I think it makes the league oh, unwatchable in in a lot of in a lot of ways, I think it makes the league, uh, you know, hard to hard to dissect. Like what's what's real and what's not. Who's really into it? Who's not? Like you almost you know on a nightly basis. I mean, the league puts out these injury reports every hour now, where you can log in if you're a member of the media and check who's in and who's out every hour. And it's like it, it's almost the biggest part of your job in analyzing the league is who's in, who's out, why are they in. You know, are they being cautious with an injury? Yeah. Is this a is this a legitimate injury? Who are they going to play with with teams out? And it just it it convolutes being able to evaluate yes. the league overall, which I, I think is is frustrating. I think where we can definitely agree is that it just looks bad, and it's dangerous for the league if we ever get to the point where people start to think they don't even care about the regular season. You know, that's not true, but there are some instances where clearly it's like this game is not as important to us in the big picture. Well, wait a minute then. Why am I paying to to see you play that game? That's the big issue for, for fans and for the league. The league has to make sure people don't start to see it that way. It's like they're not even playing, so why should I care if they don't care? And I, I think there are a lot of people that do view it that way. And, and I just, you know, there are just these regular season games that, you know, games like the Warriors Celtics game, where both teams are locked in, it's intense, it's competitive. It's, there, there's maybe five games, and, I, and five, I think, is a high number a week in the whole oh, league. Yeah, that is probably a little high. They're, huh? they're like yeah. that. It's yeah. probably more like two or three games a week that are that are that just well played, intense, fun to watch. You know, and there's certain teams that care more than others, so you try to focus in on on those teams. And the Warriors, to their credit hadn't done this as much as other teams had done it and now I think their players in winning another championship and some of the injuries that they've had they're they're more all in and doing it and it just becomes a planned part of the schedule of all right there's going to be 10 of these like you're basically instead of 82 you're you're you know your main guys it's probably more like 75 yeah well I know Steve Kerr last night as but you then mentioned. you also get real injuries involved see that's the other part is you know there's going to be real injuries so there's the games where guys are resting and load managing but then there's also the real injury games where teams are playing shorthanded and then those games are not Mm -hmm. what you want to see and it's just from a from a viewership standpoint from a fan standpoint from an enjoyment standpoint like I love the 82 game season I love the fact that there's a lot of games to watch but when 
so many of them feel meaningless. The product suffers. The product suffers in a big-time way. I was wondering why Steve Kerr said what he said last night. He's a very smart guy. He's a lot smarter than, than, than I am, and he knows that they're not going to go to a 72-game schedule because that means fewer games for TV, less money for players, fewer uh, games for the team, so they make less money. He knows that, so why would he say that? I think he believes it, first of all, and also it's the best line of defense he has because I do think he understands, and he's like, I'm sorry, but I just this is the way it is, and I wish we played only 72. He said it because even though he knows it's not going to happen, he believes it. But I also believe that if they did play 72 games, JD, you would still have yeah, you players would. taking games off. No, you would. Then then 60 would be the new 70 as far as you know the ideal amount of games that that should be played for your stars. And there would still and I, and look, I I don't I hate getting wonky on this, but. You know, as somebody that is kind of a calendar nerd and a schedule nerd, and 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 I do notice different patterns and different team schedules and things like that just by watching the league and covering the league on a nightly basis. There are plenty of days for the NBA to spread it out, but it's it's the freaking TV demand of you only want to have two or three games on the on, you, know, you want TNT to have an exclusive Thursday night, so five te- four teams in the league play or mm-hmm. six teams play on a Thursday, and that means everybody's got to play on a Friday, and then it limits you limit the amount of days that you have when you could just spread the games out because they want all eyes to be on the Boston Warriors game and and not you know a team that's you know you don't want Memphis to be playing. Uh, Dallas or something in Dallas on that night, even though for rest purposes and for spreading out the schedule purposes, you could do that because you wouldn't want the people in Dallas and Milwaukee or Dallas and Memphis to be watching the yeah. their game as opposed to the marquee game because it the, just screws up the rating. Uh, pardon me, on the text line, uh, somebody from the 559 suggests, hey, maybe they you know make the rosters larger. But then, I mean, you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen some of the guys – that are on the back ends of some of these rosters, you realize if we're trying to preserve the integrity of the product, expanding rosters is probably not going to help you in that regard either. And that, no. that also brings into play what happens if and when they expand. If you add two more teams, whew, that's going to water down the product even further. No, and, and again, I think it's just there. You could go every other day and and just, but I still think, oh, we got to play four games this week. Uh, well, three is the ideal amount, but but again, if they really wanted to do it, I I think there are enough days on the calendar where they could play eighty two. They could probably limit the back to backs to I don't know seven or eight. Would you start the season earlier? No, like I mean the the other thing is they they give the and the players demanded this. I, I wouldn't do that either. The players just... demanded this, but they wanted a they wanted a week for the all-star break. Right. Which is another thing where, you know, a lot of the all-star players, and look, I get it. A lot of the all-star players are like, wait a minute, if we go to the all-star game, we don't get an all-star break. We want an all-star break. So now, <laughs> so now, and, and again, I'm fine. That's their right to negotiate that. I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but now it leads to you've, there's no games for a week. Uh, you know, during it's it's All Star Week now. It's not three days, and then you're back playing on a Tuesday after the All Star game was Sunday. You're That's you're not true. playing till Friday, basically. Basically, there are a couple games Thursday to Thursday, but there are, it's basically the whole league is off from like the Wednesday before the All Star game until the Friday after. It's like a nine day break get, for a lot of teams. A, a week to manage your load, no doubt. Yeah, and then it's like oh, so because you take a week. At the All Star break, then you come back nine days later. You play on a Friday and a Saturday, and you and guys can't play on the Saturday. 
Like you have to make up the game somewhere. Uh-huh. And so like my whole thing would be, well, why can't you why can't you just play, you know, take the normal four day all star break and play every other day? It it's convoluted that it's it's about greed and money, frankly, the way that they do it and with the exclusive games on, on TNT and oh NBA TV's get it's their games this night and ESPN gets their games this night and you know the local markets get their games this night. I mean, there's a reason why there's a bunch. There's a reason why the nights where there's the most games are Wednesdays and Fridays, and not Tuesdays and Thursdays. Hmm. All right, and yeah, and and that screws the whole thing up, on, on a grand and a grand scale. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We got some people that want to squawk, so let's go to Lee in Fairfield. We'll get to the phones uh, here on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Lee? Guys, good morning. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been nice had the Warriors star players taken off tomorrow at a home game? Low management should be restricted to home games because a lot of times the, the, the teams, the, the guys that are coming into town, sometimes you might just really want to see Kyrie. Maybe you just really want to see LeBron, and you can you would be okay taking a break from seeing Steph, taking a break from seeing Clay. But when you're on the road, the, the league should implement. You can't. Low manage when you're on the road. Lee, I, I you cannot low manage when you're on the road. I, it would have been perfect for one of them, for that group to have taken off tomorrow because it's a home game. You can I, load manage, but you can't road manage. Yeah, I like. I mean, honestly, I mean, I it, thought they actually did something about there. They tried to, but obviously, it didn't. Stick. Well, they what they did was the national television games. They they the league came out and basically said, if you've got a back to back and you want to load manage, load manage the non nationally televised game. Like, which, again, think about that for a second. The yeah. league telling teams which games are more important than other games. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you've seen with situations like the Warriors were not on national television last night. And, and obviously it's the end of the road trip, so it makes sense. But they, you know, if, if you were picking two, it would be, well, you got to play your guys in Boston. You can give them the Cleveland game off. Yeah, because I, that's not – I here's the other part. And a lot of people come in and say, hey uh, – you know, this is, you know, it's it's tough for the Cleveland fans and people that paid and even Warrior fans in the Midwest that may have said that's the game we're going to go to to see the, the stars on, on this night. Like, I get that. But, but the reason why teams don't do it at home is because if the Warriors started not playing Steph and Clay and Draymond and Wiggins at home, the Warrior fans would complain about it. Like, it, it, it's, and it would affect the bottom line of the Warriors. And so they would never do that. And I think that's why you've seen the Warriors not do that is because they they want their fans who are paying premiums to, to go to Chase Center to be able to see their stars as often as possible. And who cares about Denver or Cleveland or Minnesota or New Orleans? Uh, you'd much rather have those fans complaining or road Warrior fans complaining as opposed to those that are that are filling your filling your arena, uh, buying your season tickets to see the team at Chase. Well, speaking for a guy who had to only watch the Warriors come once a year to Atlanta, that's brutal when you're spending $300 thinking they're coming and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we got Barbosa and them in the house. Like, those, those were brutal days. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. There, there's no doubt. And it, and it is unfair, but it's, it's also the nature, of, it's the nature of sports. You know, uh, it's the nature of you don't, you don't know. You buy a ticket, you don't know who's going to play. It's I, not a play. It's not a show. I believe the league, at the very least, at one point, to to Lee's uh, point there, I, I think they did at least discourage, try to discourage teams from resting guys on the road. But Adam Silver said last summer, 
He said, I'm not looking to shorten the season, but it's a conversation we should all have. What's optimal in terms of number of games on a player's body? Let's be realistic about that. That was just in July of 2022 because he recognizes that it is a real issue. And last night was a glaring example of how it's a just a really bad look for the league. 888-957-9570. Michael in Oakland next here on Warriors This Week. A lot of people don't want to talk about this, so we'll do it, Michael. Uh, you're on with J.D. and Whitey. What's going on, brother? Hey, uh, if you take off, if you take off a game, you should have to take off an entire week. You shouldn't be able to take off one game. Okay, that's an that that's another interesting suggestion. What if a guy's legitimately hurt, misses a game, and then it's like, I'm good to go, I can play. Why would you not want him to play? You know, you that, yeah. that gets it's very difficult. See, that's well, that's my rule with like soccer. You see how they be falling on the ground and magically get up thirty seconds later. I'm like, if you're hurt, get off the field. So if you can't play, you can't play. You're hurt. All right, rest up for a week. You can't play. That gets rid of low management. <laughs> but the downside of that is you're going to have guys who can't play who won't play. Right. And you're also going to have guys who shouldn't be playing because of hurt who are going to play. So I understand uh, what we're well, trying to do there, but I don't know that that helps. The bottom line is the NBA and teams are covered in this because they can always claim it's about player health and safety. And yeah, you know, right. and, and you know, Steiny brought up this point a couple of years ago, and I think it was a really good point. It was something I had not thought of, and it's the fact that that he believes, and that in the NBA now, as far as superstar players go, there's almost a cachet now that comes with being a player that's good enough as your career goes on to be load managed. Like it's almost a sign of respect. And Kawhi Leonard must the, be really good in the league. And 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 look, I think Steph among star players probably hates it the most. I, I, and and understands why he does it, and, and so I think that again another area where Steph's a little bit different, although he rolls with it because it's for the better of, of his career, and the Warriors believe that over the long haul it helps him. But you know, Steiny believes there's almost a almost a, yeah, I want to be a guy that doesn't have to play every game because I'm just that important to the team that it's a level of it's also a level of you know maximizing your inv- you know your investment in terms of your money. Like, I'm oh, a yeah. max player. I'm a max player, and I only play 65, man. Like, that's... I do think there are legitimate reasons why you want to rest guys, sometimes a lot. I I do. Baseball, 162. When a guy takes a day off, we understand that. Football, you only have 17 games now. You want to play if you can play it if you're hurt. Basketball, I think, is somewhere in the middle there, and I do think we have to change the way we think about it. And assuming that everyone should play 82... I'm not sure that's the best approach if you want to see the players at their best. And I think we're kind of in that area where we're struggling with that, too. I know I'm in the minority, but I do think that. Dave in San Jose on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Good morning. Great show, as always. Uh, regarding this issue, I think the root cause is that they're, of all the sports, the regular season in the NBA is the most devalued. And I think of anything, the, the play-in tournament has hurt that. Because now you've gone to 10 teams, and you've got a lot of teams thinking, hey, if we get in that play-in tournament, we can win that. So I think, and there's, this is probably the longest of shots they'd ever do this, but I think the way to, to value the NBA season again is go back to that pre-1980s playoff format where six teams made the playoffs. One and two got buys. Three played six and four played five in a best of three. And then after that, you were in your, your final eight in each conference. And while the knee jerk is, oh, you know, that's less games, less money, the reality is those one versus eight and two versus sevens are, are almost always sweeps anyway. So you're still almost getting 
the same amount of games in that uh, first round. And then we're interested in getting your guys' thoughts on that. And then secondly, you know, this is probably a, a show in itself, but how did we get here? I mean, you'll get... Uh, you look at Birds, Celtics, Magics, Lakers, Jordans, Bulls, when the league was more physical, travel was worse. Nobody did this. So why does this state of uh, the league, why do they need it now? Interested in getting your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Yeah, th- and thanks for the call, Dave. I know there was the, the back and forth that, uh, I, I don't know if you saw it this week with Stan Van Gundy and Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. which was which was kind of funny. Van mm-hmm. Gundy was, was talking about, the load management and the injuries being up. Stan be spitting. And and yeah, and, and KD had said, Stan be spitting, and, and Stan thought that KD I'm was coming down his road. Uh, and, and he was not. Um, but it, it's kind of along those lines of, hey, there used to be, and Stan, I'm paraphrasing, but hey, there used to be a couple, you know, one trainer and a lot harder practice time, and, and, the, and the regular season was valued more. And there were seemingly fewer injuries. Were there fewer injuries? Were there guys playing through more yeah. things that maybe they shouldn't have been playing through? To me, this is a case of the science and the doctors. Uh, and I, I, for those, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that like I was being sarcastic. But, but the science of it, <laughs> I, I did the quote. Like, oh, the science air of quotes, it. Yeah. air quotes. Uh, but the science of it dictates that there's a benefit to right. to. And there's more money involved, Resting. so there's more motivation to protect your investment. I think the short answer, how did we get here, is just that, um, let's see, it was Dave, pardon me. Dave mentioned guys like Jordan and, and, and Magic. Those guys didn't want to sit out. They did not. Want, Jordan did want, not want to miss a game. When he came back with the Wizards, he probably could have played longer had he said, you know what, my knees hurt, I'm going to sit. But no, he was like, no, I have to play. So the players then didn't want to miss a game. Now players realize or they believe okay if i sit out some games i'm going to have a longer career i'm going to make more money so that's how we got here players look at it differently than they did then now players want to sit out and think it's beneficial back then players maybe they were just wrong maybe they were sturdier i don't know but back then they did not want to sit out and that's how we got here all right he's whitey gleason i'm john dickinson 888-957-9570 fred austin alex roger mike we got full phone lines uh we'll continue the conversation it is Warriors this week. We got two hours to come here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 